I'm pretty sure I'll get a pretty strong response to this one. That sounds ominous, doesn't it? Yeah? It's not ominous at all. It's one question that has seven words in it, and it starts with who. Who here has been to the doctors? Raise your hands. Why not? We've all, we've all been to the doctors at some point, right? Yeah? Okay, cool. Anyone recently? Yeah? Ash? Craig, Wilma, okay, a couple, yep, Judy, Elaine, there we go. See, that's fine, that's cool. It all happens, it happens to the best of us. Who has regular checkups with their doctor? Just a matter of doing it. Nice. That, see, this is positive, this is good. I need to learn from you guys. <laughs> Monthly, half yearly, yearly, are we staying on top of our health? I, I would like to think so. Do we do it all the time? Yes, maybe no. You know, let's just, we'll hold that. That's a rhetorical one, okay? I would have to be, quite honestly, one of the worst in actually going to the doctor for anything. You would probably agree with that. Like, I'm not afraid of going or anything. I just don't do it. I just, I don't know why. Because, I don't know, in my head it just goes to answers like, just drink water and rest. Like, there's a lot of the answers that you get and things like that. But it's not always the case. And I, what was that? It's because we've moved. Well... Yeah, there's a little bit of that, but I never went the whole time I was in Melbourne. That was five years, never went to the doctor. Not good, not good. Only for a COVID jab. Probably all done that. I definitely rely too heavily on this assumption that the healing nature within my own body is just going to solve whatever issue that I have over time. And this kind of she'll be right attitude. But that's not always the case. It really isn't always the case. Living proof whether I've possibly hurt an ankle or a knee, which is very recent history, I should be very aware of that. Uh, I've done it before. I know that it heals. It's going to heal. She'll be right. Uh, Do I recommend that mindset? I absolutely do not recommend that mindset. That's an Aaron thing. Don't do it. Especially as I'm getting, I'll say getting, because I know I always get a bit of a, after this, but getting older, getting older. We're all getting older. Brody is getting older, Danielle is getting older, we're getting older. I'm not saying I'm old, although based on how I'm feeling some days, feeling it, things don't quite heal quite as fast as they once did. I remember a time about 12 years ago, possibly, time frames are always a bit funky in my head, where I was probably close to the fittest I've ever been, personally. I was playing basketball, which is no surprise to many of you. Selfishly, I had also started playing football. Karen will be nodding her head about now about the selfish part Um, because that took a lot more convincing to be able to get into. And I'd even gone through some pre-season training for that football, which I tell you, if you want to just... I know that is probably irrelevant in some case, but if you ever wanted to get fit at some stage, pre-season training will certainly whip you into shape like nothing else has. I do not want to ever go back to running on the beach just for exercise ever again. It's intense. It hurts your body. But my goodness, my life was pretty active in many ways with work, sport, and just in general life. I felt, what I felt like, is that I was in really good shape. Got injured playing football, still came back to basketball and felt like I could run out five games in a row because of it. Then comes this little thing called hindsight, and that's the moment we're in now. When we look back, we reflect on, called hindsight, and it turns out I may have actually been overdoing it a little bit. And Karen's laughing again, and I can't fully remember the exact timing of how things happened again, 
But I had a couple of instances where I got very, very tired, but at very, very wrong times. And the most concerning part was that I felt super healthy in my body, but when driving in particular, and it'll go, <gasps> it happened on the couch as well, but that feels way more normal, less risky to fall asleep on a couch. But I had these couple of moments where everything happened to catch up with me whilst driving, and have you heard of the thing called microsleep? You probably see the signs if you're driving to Melbourne, like take a rest every two hours, do not let fatigue, microsleep can kill, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, not great. And I tell you, that is amongst the most terrifying things to ever happen to someone. It was a fraction of a second, because I know the distance where I was and then the distance where I'd become. It was a fraction of a second, but it came unexpectedly and it was extremely dangerous. Now, thankfully, the worst thing that happened on one occasion of the two occasions was some minor damage to one of the wheels of my car on Hanson Road in, it doesn't matter where it was, which was a bit of a clunker anyway, so it was needed an upgrade, but it was a real eye-opener, and that's what's important here. This controllable, uncontrollable tiredness that had a hold on me crept into many different times of day for me. Karen will testify to this. And so Karen and I decided that it was about time that Aaron stopped just going, she'll be right, and actually go and get something looked at. So I go off to the doctors, I explain everything to them, and as normal, the doctor takes his bloods. Um, he, he did say rest. He didn't say drink water, I don't think. Uh, but he also referred me to a sleep clinic because he thought I might have this condition called narcolepsy. Now, if you don't know what that is, narcolepsy is when you have excessive sleepiness in the daytime and it may actually involve you suddenly falling asleep during any activity. The most extreme versions of narcolepsy could see me potentially just fall asleep right now. So that, it's pretty crazy if you do have narcolepsy, depending on what level. You can just fall asleep. If you didn't know, I've already said that, the signs were there though. For me, the signs of narcolepsy were there enough for my doctor to put me on to a specialist. So regardless of how fit and healthy I felt, there was something else going on inside of me. And I had to get it checked out. So I went and met with this specialist who made me do a sleep study in the old Royal Adelaide Hospital, the one where it used to be near the Botanic Gardens. Uh, has anyone actually done one of those before, sleep study? No, yeah, Marge, there we go, I've got a friend. We can, we're not doing it again. Um, wires coming off everywhere, this microphone above your head to listen to, I guess, me snore or tell them bedtime tales. Hopefully I didn't say anything they didn't need to know. Uh, cameras in the room as well. I don't actually understand how you're meant to get a good sleep in that situation for them to do the study, Marge. Did you feel the same way? It's a bit full-on, isn't it? Yeah, it's a whole lot of stuff. Um, but in that environment, it's just what you had to do. That was part of the process. You had to do it. I could have had narcolepsy. I could have had sleep apnea, which is a lot more common. And they were going to figure it out. Well, I hope so anyway. Anyway, the results came in. And what I was diagnosed with... Do you want to hear what I was diagnosed with? Exhaustion. After all of that, going through all those tests, going into the city multiple times to get to the point of having a sleep study, I was diagnosed with exhaustion. <laughs> from being super active, I did get two breakfasts out of it though. I didn't tell Karen I'd already had it from the hospital and she brought me a nice meal, so that was good. I know, she's lovely. From being super active and feeling fit and healthy to then all of a sudden falling asleep at awkward and, and at times dangerous times to then deciding to finally go to the doctors, getting over myself, 
having tests and then being referred to a specialist, my diagnosis was exhaustion. That's it. It was simple. I know, you're laughing again. Because I reckon when I told you, you're just like, duh. Um, but I needed this reality check. And sometimes you need to hear it from the top, right? Without going to the doctors and going through the necessary process, I wouldn't have been able to live my life to the fullest. And who knew that living my life to the fullest actually meant getting some perspective and pulling back a bit. Reminded me of the end of Luke 10, where you've got this story of Mary and Martha. You may be familiar with it. Jesus comes over to their house. Martha is buzzing around trying to do all the things to make this the most awesome experience that Jesus has ever had. Doing nothing wrong by doing that. And then Mary's in the other room just sitting there listening to Jesus chat, just having a good old yarn. And Jesus points out to Martha, the lady going about her business, it's not about all the things, but actually about focusing on the right thing. I needed my physical health check from the expert to help me function to my highest potential, but also to help me focus and get my perspective in order. I couldn't operate myself effectively without knowing exactly what was going on inside of myself. And regardless of how fit I felt, and I tell you, I felt very fit, not anymore. I was draining my tank so much that I was losing my effectiveness at home, I was losing my effectiveness at work, I was losing my effectiveness in church and ministry there as well. And this health check helped me actually see the bigger picture and helped me focus on what was most important in my life. So now today we're going to look at Matthew 25, starting at verse 31. There we go, going through to verse 46. And this one's entitled, The Sheep and the Goats. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates, put two words together, the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, do it your way, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer. Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, 
whatever you did not do for one of the least of these you did not do for me then they will go away to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life so we're looking at s big word eschatological stuff like end times type looking stuff but in many ways what we're looking at here as well is Matthew's depiction of the last judgment as like a wellness check for ourselves because it's what our outpouring shows out of who we are that will be the thing that does the separating for us. Its purpose is not to condemn or to scare us. We're not meant to be scared by this, but to provide a snapshot of our overall health, our development, our learning and our growth that should actually lead to new habits and new ways of life within each of us. Because what God wants is to see us living full lives Physically, yes, mentally, definitely, emotionally, of course, but most importantly, spiritually healthy. And after all, as my doctor wanted to get my life in check, well, at least I assume he did, God definitely wants to see that for us too. So the question that's posed is, when did each of us, when did you have your last spiritual health check? How healthy are you looking spiritually we had a pretty good response to the healthy side of things these days mental health is huge as well and that comes in a rolls around the emotional side of each of us but when was the last time we actually went and spiritually health checked ourselves if there's one of those big moments like a but but this is if if God was to put us through our spiritual health check today what are our spiritual skin folds showing Do we know what that sort of a test is, the skinfold test? Have you heard of a pinch test? I actually had to have one of those ones. I can't even remember why. It must have been school sport or something weird. At its simplest description, they use these calipers, these big pinchy things, to pinch your skin together to measure how much fat is compared to muscle that you might be building. That's a very, very basic description of what that does. So my point is, if we spiritually pinch tested ourselves, what baggage, what extra weight of unhealthy living or negative choices, what spiritual fat, in a bad way, are we actually carrying? What's weighing us down? And now Karen spoke about slothfulness last week. We had some cute pictures of some sloths, but a reality check of what slothfulness can look like for ourselves. And it's actually one of the seven deadly sins, but we didn't mention what the other ones were. So pinch test, how slothful are we being? But there is also, there's lust, there's gluttony, there's greed, there's wrath, there's envy, there's pride, and the seventh is obviously slothfulness. If any of those are present within our lives, even in a small way, then we need to see the doctor. And obviously I'm being metaphorical here because what I mean is we need to get right with God. Putting these things on the table that separate us from him so we can actually start this spiritual health check on ourselves. Because when we look at it, all seven deadly sins actually fall under one overarching category which we can call selfishness. And if we get lost in selfishness, then we are separating ourselves from Christ and that's when all these other things flow through we start looking to these other things Christ calls us to live selfless lives he calls for selflessness a taking up of our cross and a submitting to his way for each of our lives 
Now, selflessness is the only way for us to understand God's prescription as such. The only way that will truly help us get back to fullness of life, and that is walking in relationship with Christ through the leading of His Spirit at work in our very lives. So letting go of ourselves and letting God take control. We've probably heard that, let go, let God. There is a real truth behind that little catch cry. So here we go. We're going to go back into, now Karen gave us a great amount of facts on sloths. I'm not going to do so much today. Some fun facts about animals again, because this was titled Sheep and the Goats, right? Sloths last week, sheep and goats today, spot the differences. What is God trying to tell you? Sheep, they feed off green pastures and specifically seek out plants and herbs that contain substances to make them feel better. They're fussy with what they eat, in a good way. Goats, left to their own devices, they'll consume just about anything just simply to satisfy their hunger urge. Back to the sheep. Typically, they demonstrate a flocking behaviour, but once separated from the group, sheep will experience stress as anxiety takes over. You definitely don't want to have one sheep in your backyard. They won't like that. They'll get very sad. Goats. Usually it is a bad idea to keep one goat if you can avoid it, reasons being. Having at least two goats is definitely a good idea because a goat that is lonely is much more prone to being destructive. However, goats are naturally mischievous even when they are not bored. So having no companion to then run around with often means they'll get into even more trouble as they just try and entertain themselves. Have you seen those little pictures of the baby goats that are like jumping around and they'll like spring off the back of a friend goat and just push them down and stuff? They're mischievous. It's cute and funny, but it's mischievous. Ultimately, sheep tend to be more cooperative and inclined to stay with the herd. They see the health that comes from being within the group. While goats tend to be more independent, and will follow their own whim. Goats will go about trying to find satisfaction in all sorts of things, things that won't necessarily hold any worth to them at all, and their temperament is also for mischief, regardless of who is around and have a destructive nature to them. Now, sheep, on the other hand, look for nourishment, and they find strength in a community that actually reflects who they are. How often have we heard or even called sheep, oh, they're stupid animals, seemingly blindly following each other around? But maybe we actually stop for a second and we're actually looking at them all wrong. Maybe this is a strength of our friend the sheep as they understand the safety and the strength that comes from staying within the flock. I just had a story come to my head. It's not on my notes, but... I remember they, they follow each other so much so they don't care what's in front of them. And two, they'll stay together in strength. I was at a farm one day. The, the, the farmer let the sheep out. I know this is random. Let the sheep out. All of a sudden just heard this almost stampeding sound. They did not care that we were there as a school group. We all had to duck as they just jumped over us. But they were together. They were together. They didn't break formation. They didn't see an obstacle. They just saw staying together as a strength of their own. It was terrifying. When we are left to our own devices, it is far easier, though, for us to become self-destructive like a goat. We have to get out on that table all of these vices and stimulants that we go to to entertain us that aren't healthy or that don't provide any long-lasting help to us. 
they could include those things that we mentioned before. Are they lustful? Are they gluttonous? Are they slothful? Whatever those things are, they aren't going to nourish or sustain us. Now, the reality is we might get an instant endorphin hit, like this sense of thrill or a burst of energy from these things, but it disappears just as fast and it actually leaves us longing. We actually, it calls us to go searching for that hit again. It's a trap. Don't be a goat. It's a trap. If we leave this stuff undiagnosed and we quickly fall into the category of being a goat ourselves, selfish over selfless. But we need to allow Christ, the shepherd, to lead us and to soak up everything that he leads us towards. In this, we become like the sheep who choose to exist within community and seek nourishment rather than just anything that satisfies us in the moment. Do we know what is considered amongst the most internally destructive behaviours and mindsets for Christ followers these days? This research was actually quite interesting. What is among the most internally destructive behaviours and mindsets for Christ followers these days? And it's the growth of antagonism within the body, which is the church. There is this bitterness and hostility towards each other, towards other churches and within the individuals. And then that mixes with this, an aggression and a resentment that comes as we actually begin to lose touch and cool off and fall away from seeking and understanding love more so than anything. And it is these under-the-surface cancerous-type behaviours which left unresolved, if we don't know what's there and what's going on, that will actually destroy us and the communities that we are a part of. It all needs to be diagnosed and it needs to be treated and removed as early as possible. All this figurative garbage needs to be put out on the table so it can actually be dealt with. We put out our rubbish bins every, I don't know, for me it's a Tuesday night because we want to get rid of it. I don't know, use your Tuesday night as a way of reflecting on your life and what garbage do I have to get rid of along with the garbage from our house. Maybe that's a practice we can do, something physical that reminds us to do something else. The prescription for our life is actually to live it, and we've said it time and time again, Jesus-centered, Christ-focused. So what isn't Jesus-centered in our lives right now? Do any of us here know, it may be one of your children, I haven't, it's not something we talk about, but does anyone know anyone who has actually gone through an allergy test before? Has anyone had to do one of those? Tina's got a hand up, oh, Barry, yep, yep, okay, anyway. To try and help solve a problem that someone might be having, it could be a skin reaction or a gut health problem, they do this thing called an allergy test. And what they do, and again, I'm being very simplistic in how I describe these things, is they go through this set of testing to, de- to determine what is bad for them so that we can eradicate it from their life. Whether it be a nut allergy, a gluten intolerance, uh, lactose, the works. We all know the different things that we could be allergic to. Dust. Through this test, they can even determine between 970 different sensitivities at once, all designed to help us get to the bottom of what is actually troubling us and then improve our standard of living. And there are three methods that they can use. I really need to get better at pulling up the right amount of fingers when I say a number. But there's the skin test. 
All at once, you get pricked with all these needles containing proteins, holding allergens, and the reaction to each is observed. I've heard it's up to like 100 at a time or more. It's a crazy amount. Then there's the blood test. They take blood and check to see how many allergy-causing antibodies are within your bloodstream running through you. And then there's the elimination test. Process of elimination, basically. Makes sense. Remove foods, slowly reintroduce them to your diet, and see if then you react to anything. Now I'm going to flip these three tests on the head and see what they could be telling us for how we could use them in our spiritual health check. Skin test. What is daily distracting us from living a Jesus-centered life? There are always so many things that happen any given day. What is drawing us away from living Jesus-centered? When that happens, bang, does that draw me away? Does that draw me away? Does that draw me away? We need to see each thing as a different prod, different needle, and make sure it's life-giving and not getting in the way of being centered on Christ. He's, Christ is in the business of not letting us have fun and being attentive to our lives and doing other things, but is it actively taking us away from living a Christ-centered life? Blood test, going deeper in a sense. What is flowing within us that we might be holding onto? This could be long-term stuff. It could feel like it defines now who we actually are. But the weight of it carry, that it actually carries holds us in this self-doubt and doesn't allow room for God. What could be deep down within us, all the way through us? And so we need to think about that and what is in the way for us. It's kind of like the blockers and that. Take it to prayer, cool it out. And then elimination tests, the way it's thought up in my head. I think this lends itself to those things that become our vices, those quick fix entertainment or simple comforts for us. What do we go to in moments of tiredness or struggle or when looking for a sense of excitement? Now, if they aren't pointing us to God in those moments and this fullness of life, then possibly what we need to do is eliminate them. It could be slothfulness through our phones. It could be lost for hours on social media or games. It could be gluttony through easy food like snacking and fast food. It could be lust through things like pornography or greed through wanting more of what the world offers. We need to adjust our behaviours by eliminating those that separate us from Christ. It's doing a spiritual health check. But we must introduce the prescribed answer at the same time, the way to actually deal with this, as dealing with the things that become our quick fixes or our, our deep holds on our life. And here we go again. Shock horror. We need to put it into prayer. We need to be reading our scripture and growing in Christ so that then we can also grow within community. We need to grow selflessly, right? The selfish part is we need to do this practice so that we can live selflessly. We can't simply look to distance ourselves from others because all we do there is allow that apathy to grow, this laziness to grow and a lack of concern for the things of Christ to then take hold of us. And this unhealthiness will grow in us somewhat like that cancerous nature, like a tumour behind the scenes, unknown unless diagnosed. We can't expect that our actions 
won't have any real consequences. And we can't rely on the fact that we were good once before or that we historically showed love to someone once before and think that that will carry us over because it doesn't. If we don't stop regularly, reflect and health check ourselves, we run the very real possibility that unhealthy behaviours or toxic choices could be affecting us more than we can even realise, more than we could even recognise. Today is our spiritual health check. Right now is the time to stop, to identify and to call out those things that are growing within us that are taking us away from Christ and taking us away from fullness of life. We identify these things by getting in touch with God because we all know how poor a self-diagnosis is, right? When, I know, when we have something going on with our bodies, the worst possible thing to do is to go where? Dr. Google. Don't do it. (laughs) And then try and work out for yourself what is actually going on because he's going to tell you all sorts of rubbish from drink, water and rest to you're in trouble. You go to a doctor, don't you? If something's wrong, you actually go to a doctor. Aaron, listen to your own advice. And you go to a specialist. Our go-to for our spiritual health check is who? It's God. Amen. So we need to read God's word today as if it's a prescription over our lives, because it, it kind of is. It actually really is. Hear from him through the words in the text and see what he is trying to tell you about yourself today, what is being highlighted, what is being drawn out, what is like metaphorically smacking you in the face when you read it because maybe there's something we need to work on. Signs of a healthy spiritual life will show a dedication to personal time with God, getting into the word, I'm repeating myself because it's important, praying regularly, actively participating as a follower of Christ in worship, and in ministry, looking past ourselves into others, following spiritual disciplines of giving, self-reflection, and building positive community rather than getting lost in anything like gossip, greed, lustfulness, selfish pursuits. What we should be doing is we should all be radiating the character of Christ, and I believe that is what is recognised in us before the Father when he will say we're looking at our scripture, I recognize you or I don't. What side of the coin do we want to be on at that time? What side of the coin do we want to be on right now? Because we're all made in his image, but have we adopted that knowledge that we're made in his image or are we modifying our looks to him by our own choices and behaviours, so much so that God won't recognise who we are when that time comes. And here's a big thing that I found within the scripture today. There was a few things, but when reading it through verses 37 to 40, Ash, can you find verse 37, mate? Because it starts with, then the righteous will answer him. Might be tricky. There it is. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? We're going through to 40. When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? 
When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. These righteous ones, these ones that were called the sheep, were in touch with their spiritual health check and were living in such a way that their character was shown selflessly but naturally. They operated out of a Jesus-centered life that showed Christ as the overflow of the healthiness that had they had within themselves. It actually wasn't a case of physically seeing the embodiment of Christ himself standing there and then putting on a show of selflessness. It was simply a part of their character. We never want to be people that put on a facade or a mask of good character simply to schmooze someone of any perceived importance rather than actually being genuinely and naturally genuine. And now that's a tough ask some days because it's very true. Some people that we'll come across will push our buttons, some intentionally, some not. But the more we get in touch with our own spiritual health, because that's what's important, how are we operating within ourselves, the healthier then our responses will become and will be even within those challenging of mo- most challenging of moments. Going back, I thought that I was healthy. But really there was still something within me that was taking away from my overall health. A choice within me, in fact. And I wasn't as effective across all areas of my life as I needed to be. I, figuratively speaking, was a goat. I was selfish about wanting to play footy. Karen will know that. I'd never been able to. I'm doing it. Nothing's going to stop me. And then on top of working all these early hours, I thought it was a good thing for the family, pulling overtime for the money, and also being involved in other church and personal activities in the later hours. I thought I was in control. I thought I was doing all the right things, but my health checkup told me completely otherwise. I was running after selfish ambitions and with everything else going on for me at that time in my life, Amelia was on the way as well. We hadn't had her yet. I needed to make a change. It was the best decision ever for that time. But we need to health check across more than just one season. We need to stay up to date with our health and we need to do the same with our spiritual health. Again, we have to... We've taken a step back to looking at self because what we bring to others only comes through who we are as individuals and where we're at in our own spiritual health journey. In today's scripture, identifying us as either sheep or goats can only be realized when we adjust our spiritual health to reflect Christ and his selfless sacrifice as the example for our own lives. This should remind us of that every single time we're here. Then our impact will be a direct response of our focus on Christ and his sacrificial life for us. Our focus on Christ within us. That's not selfish to do. As it actually looks to adjusting our own character so we can be more Christ-like ourselves, which is selfless. So consider today, where are you at with your spiritual health check? When was the last time you had one of those checkups 
roll my ankle. It will be right in six weeks. We'll play again. Who knows what's going on with it? No, stop. When was the last time you actually went and had a proper health check? Came back to God. Are we a sheep? Are we a goat? What is God trying to identify within us today that needs to be replaced with something of more infinite worth? Kingdom living. Do any of the traps of those seven deadly sins of things like lust, greed, pride, softfulness, gluttony, envy, wrath, any sinful nature within ourselves have a hold over any part of ourselves? Today is our wake-up call. It's actually a challenge to get on top of our health now rather than let it be too late. Our prescription for today is to read the word and let God speak through it into your situation in your own life today. Take the spiritual health check. Start reading the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. It's a great place to start. We need to be spiritually healthy today so that the outpouring of our own character sees us all identified by the Father as one of his children, a child of God. We're called to be Christ to others, aren't we? And it starts by focusing on Christ within our own lives daily today.